Welcome to church today. A little different, but it's going to be good. Amen. Are we looking to Jesus together? You know, I believe that every single time that we come into his house, he has something for us. He's got something. Why am I crying already? Come on. He's got something for you today. He's got something for me today. He's got something for your family. He's got something for your kids. He's got something for your marriage. He's got something for your life. Do you need anything from him today? Well, let's look to him together. And I believe that he'll speak to us. He'll lead us. He'll lift us up, stir us up in his word. It's going to be a great day in church. Amen. Man, I love church. You know, church is really all that I know. Um, I feel like I was almost born in church. I wasn't. I was born in a hospital. <laughs> but I feel like I was born in church um, from a very young age, just planted in an awesome church, learning about God, going after his things. And it's cool. My kids, I got two little boys, Titus and Ezra. If you, has anybody ever seen him running around this place? crazy curly little hair. Ezra kind of looks like a, like a clown a little bit. I call him my little toad just because he's just kind of beefy and small, but thick and I don't know. He's like a little toad. He does lick me sometimes too. It's weird. <laughs> just like a frog would. But man, they're church kids. I'm a church kid and uh, I'm thankful that they're in this environment. And you know what? I believe today is going to be good because my son Titus, he prayed he prayed for me last night. <laughs> I'm laughing because you don't know Titus. No, Titus is great. Titus loves the Lord, and um, he has such a heart, both of them, such a heart for the things of God and such a heart for the presence of God. Every night they love to go through worship songs. It's like, can we go to bed now, please? But no, it's like this worship song, this one. I want to watch the baptism video from church. I want to see Aunt Sarah lead worship. I want to watch Uncle Josh lead worship. And they love his presence. They love his things. You know, and they're in this environment. But I believe today's going to be good because Titus prayed for me. <laughs> he told me last night, I asked him to, I was like, buddy, would, would you pray for me tonight? You know, just that I would, you know, speak whatever's on the Lord's heart. And He's like, yeah, Dad, I'll pray for you when I get in bed tonight. So we did our family prayer, and he didn't want to pray for me in front of all of us, so he goes to his room. He called me in later. He's like, Dad, come here. So I came in there with tons of toys in his bed. It's supposed to be bedtime. I went in. He's like, Dad, it's going to be okay tomorrow. I prayed for you. And I was like, oh, thank you, buddy. What did you pray? He's like, you don't have to preach because I've asked the Lord to bring back Uncle Jeremy. <laughs> I asked the Lord to bring back, <laughs> to bring back Uncle Jeremy so it's all going to be okay. And I... <laughs> Is he here? No. <laughs> I was like, thank you for the confidence, son. <laughs> I really appreciate your confidence in your dad. <laughs> you know, but Titus just, he does love the Lord. He loves just, he just thinks about the things of God. I think just because he's always been around it. And you, you guys may have heard a couple weeks ago when we were sitting at the table, a little bit of me and Courtney's story, and maybe I'll share some of it today. But, um, you know, when we moved here, we had, a diff we had path options and we had the Lord's way, and we were being tempted to go our way. Well, thank God we're here, obviously. And we went after God. And uh, if you remember me saying this, whenever I made that decision, I just felt so strong in my heart, the Lord say, Jordan, by making this decision, you've given me basically access into your life, and, and you've saved your life. You've saved your marriage. You saved your ministry. You saved your kids' lives and the place that they're supposed to be, the environment they're supposed to be in. You saved their calls. See, if I would have been somewhere else, 
would this all have happened? I mean, the Lord is so merciful. Don't get me wrong. Um, and I know he's so merciful and is always getting us back to what he has for us. <laughs> but I just love Titus, you know, being here. And I'm, I'm happy we made the decision because he just thinks about God things and Bible things. And he's basically consumed with it just because it's all he knows. Same way that I grew up, it's all that I knew. Um, he just says the funniest things. Can I tell you a couple of funny stories about Titus? <laughs> so Titus likes to watch this show, Superbook. Has everybody, anybody ever seen Superbook? <laughs> And, uh, you know, you got Joseph and Pharaoh, and you see Pharaoh throughout some of these books. Well, he's just thinking about God. He's thinking about his things. And one day he was at preschool and told his, asked his teacher, hey, do you, do you think Pharaoh's going to be in heaven? And she was like, no, you know. And he's like, well, if he is, I'll kill him when I get there. <laughs> I was just like, the thoughts of a church kid. Murdering in heaven. Wow, raise them up. Train them up right, Jordan. This is... <laughs> he just thinks about the things of God. We were, um, we were visiting Courtney's parents, or I think they may have been here, and um, his grandpa would call him Papa Ed. Papa was watching his, on his iPhone some security footage of his office back in Texas. And uh, there was a guy walking, and Titus is just watching the security footage, you know, and this guy walks by, and Titus says, who's that? And uh, Ed says, that's David. And Titus said, well, he killed Goliath. It's like, oh, well, not that David, but there was, there was a David. <laughs> but I just love the way that he thinks. And it's, you know, he thinks like that. And it's consumed with that because of the environment he's in. He is thriving in God. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. I want to talk to you about living a life thriving in God. And you know, you can't thrive in life without Him. The world may think you can. And you might think that some things are thriving. But, you know, I always come back to Romans 12. And I love in that, in that verse where it says, to do a genuine evaluation of yourselves, to do a true evaluations of yourselves, of your heart, of your life, where you're at. So I want to ask you today, are you thriving in God? Thank you, Colin. Wow, beautiful keys, Colin. I love you, Colin. <laughs> I think it's good to do an evaluation of yourself and not just coast and cruise through life thinking everything's good or not really seeing the kind of fruit you're bearing or what's happening, what's being produced. So are you thriving in life with God? And how do you know if you're thriving in life with God? And as we said, there is no thriving in life without him. You've got to be with him. Let me tell you just a couple or read to you just a couple ways that the word thriving or thrive is defined or translated um, throughout the scriptures. It means to flourish, to prosper, to grow, to blossom, to produce, to succeed, to win out. I love that one, to win out. Are we winners? Yes. Man, thank you, Lord. Are you thriving? Yes. You know, how do you know if you're thriving? How can you tell if you're thriving? Or what are some examples um, that you could um, look at to see if you're thriving? Well, you know, natural things are a lot of times examples or pattern after spiritual things. Let's read a scripture here. Let's go to Galatians 3, 29 in the New King James Galatians 3, verse 29. Thank you, Lord. It says, if you're Christ's, are you Christ's today? If you're his, then you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Did you know that you are a seed? Your life is a seed? You're a seed. What do you do with the seed? You plant it. 
You plant it, or you can hold on to it, and you can eat sunflower seeds. Michael, wherever he is. <laughs> what do you do with the seed? You plant it. What will that seed become? Well, let's look at Isaiah 61, verse 3 in the New Living. You don't have to turn there. I'll just read it. In the, la- in the second half of that verse, Isaiah 61, verse 3, it says, In their righteousness, in their right standing with God, in God, with Him. We've been learning about this for weeks. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for His own glory. Isn't that good? So you're a seed, but you will be great, a great tree, a great oak, as the Bible says. Well, it doesn't just happen overnight. You don't just plant a seed, and then the next day you're a huge tree. Anybody in here? Is is anybody in here into plants? Oh, yeah. Guys, I've got plants in my house. I mean, you walk into my house, and it's plants. My house is plants. The air in my house is probably so fresh, I don't even need to go outside. How many plants do we have in our house? 57 plants. 57 plants. Man, plants are cool. <laughs> Courtney could tell you all about the different, the different kind of plants. But you don't just go from a seed to a great tree in a day. You, you, you got to be planted. And then some things have to happen along the way to get to where you're going, to become who God's called you to be. Can I give you just a little background on my life, a little story time, I mean, like a little 30,000-foot view of my life, where I came from, what's been going on since I was born? <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Well, number one, I was born. (laughs) But when I was about five years old, the Lord planted our family, planted our family in in Russellville, Arkansas, in such a great, solid church. And uh, man, I love that church. And we were there from the age of five, so I was five years old, until I was 17. I believe that's 12 years. In those 12 years, a lot happened. Number one, I received my salvation in children's church there. I received the infilling of the Holy Spirit in children's church there. Hey, how many know that children's church isn't a babysitting time? I mean, I'm telling you what, growing up for me in children's church, I experienced God. I experienced His presence. I experienced His salvation. I experienced the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Children's church is not babysitting time. I mean, those kids in there, tender before him, looking at, and the Lord will meet them right there, minister to them. So what's going on in there today is powerful. Anyways, I love kids' church. So yeah, growing up in church, had just some awesome kids' pastors. Carolyn and Marilyn um, were our children's pastors when I was five. They had already been there before I started going to kids' church there. They're still there today. I want to say they've been doing it for 40 years, um, something like that. I'm not 40. <laughs> but they've been doing They've been just ministering to kids. Talk about faithfulness, longevity for 40 years. So, yeah, in kids' churches, received salvation, the Holy Spirit, grew in God, grew in God. And then at the age of 14, uh, probably around eighth grade, I guess that is, I just started getting hungry, hungrier for God. I'd always been in his environment. I'd always been in church and always been around his things, always been around the word, loved his presence, loved being in the anointing. But I think it was probably when I was about 14, I think that's about eighth grade, that I just sensed a greater pulling in my heart to go after God. And I remember actually walking into the lunchroom of my junior high one day and I just love the, I just love being at church. I love the things of God. And I had some awesome friends that I had been around um, my entire life, really, for years and years and years. And I remember just so vividly walking in the lunchroom, and the Lord was like, you, you got to make a change. If you want what I got for you, you got to make a change. 
And I remember that day just sitting somewhere else at lunch. Like we had these really long tables. I sat down here, normally me and all my friends, there's probably about 15 of us would all sit here. And I sat over here and they all kind of looked at me like, what is he doing down there? And I wasn't trying to be rude and I was still friends with them throughout the years to come, but I didn't have that same closeness. I started to go even deeper and after the things of God some more, I got hungry to serve in my youth, got hungry to, to do what the Lord was calling me to do and just wanted to go after him. So the Lord had started me like, hey, to start going after leading worship and I didn't know how to play the guitar. And you've heard Sarah sing. It's like beautiful, angelic. If you guys were here uh, for um, Sarah's birthday weekend, you heard my, my brother, he was here. He sings like a beautiful, angelic angel. And then you have me. And just imagine, I mean, imagine Ezra. Like, that was me. I don't know if you, guys, if you guys have seen him too much or been around him too much, but he's just yelling and out there. And that was me. I didn't like to sing. I would never sing seriously. I would always joke, and Sarah would always try to get me to like worship with her in the car, and the next thing you know, I'm singing in the weirdest, strangest voices. <laughs> but I did, I did have the stirring to go after God, so my parents actually bought me a guitar, and I would just go and sit at youth while they would do worship rehearsal and just play with them. I didn't know anything, and, and I honestly believe it was just the anointing being added as just being in that environment. Um, within a year or so, I was part of the worship team in youth, helping lead in youth, and man, I loved every second. You know, church, church is fun. And um, if you haven't experienced it yet, then you're doing it wrong. Or if you're a youth and you don't think that, then you're doing it wrong. And um, just stick with him, do what he says, and, and you'll start tasting his goodness. But I started leading, leading worship, and I was about 14, 15 and that was until I was about 17 years old. And when I was 17, there was a stirring in our whole family for more. There was a stirring to go after God in a deeper way. And that's when we moved to Branson, Missouri to go to Brother Keith and Miss Phyllis' church in Faith Life. And uh, we were there for, I was there, sorry, some of them are still there. I was there for eight years. And you know what? I didn't like every part of it as a youth, but I knew it was right. And um, I knew that God was doing something in me. Now keep in mind while we talk about this today, being planted, growing, thriving. So we just stayed. And um, I remember being at youth one night and I was like, this is ridiculous. I was like, I'm out of here. I remember getting in my Jeep and I was like, I'm never, I'm never coming back. And I remember closing the door after having a youth service, and I was just super immature, super prideful, thought I was way too cool for school. Got in the car, and I remember closing the door, and Lord is like, uh, did I say that? And I was like, nope. He's like, well, I'll see you next Wednesday. And I was like, okay. I'll see you here, Lord, next Wednesday. <laughs> So we were there in, in, uh, at Faith Life in Branson for eight years, or I was there for about eight years. And then um, while I was there, you know, I met Courtney, and um, our relationship just started to grow and blossom. She was in Texas. She was actually in Jeremy's youth group. Um, so we lived eight hours away. It's such a God story. I won't tell all of it today unless we want to take our whole time today to do that. Um, but such a God story, such a cool story. You know, but part of, part of that story is relying on the, everything else that led up to that. You know what I mean? So we met. Our relationship started flourishing, and uh, we got married in 2000 and something. <laughs> Somebody knows. To 12, I was waiting, testing you. She actually ended up moving to Branson. The Lord told her to move to Branson. And uh, I'll just tell that real quick. Yeah, I was going to, my plan was to move to Texas and be with her and start life there. And then one day the Lord told me, Jordan, you're not supposed to move to Texas. And I was like, oh no. But Courtney, you know. And I was like, I'm not telling her that, Lord. You're going to have to tell her that. 
And so I can't remember, we had been dating for, I don't know, at this point, a year and a half, something like that, I don't know. She came to Branson, and we were downstairs at my parents' house, and we were talking, and she said, Jordan, you're not, you're not supposed to move to Texas. And I was like, huh? <laughs> what was that? Yeah. You're not supposed to move to Texas. And I was like, I'm not. She's like, I'm supposed to move to Branson. I was like, what? Oh, what? You're moving, you're moving here? So then she did. She ended up moving to Branson. How old were you when you moved to Branson? 19 years old. Yeah, she moved to Branson, just left her family just to go after God. Woo! Come on, baby. Hey, going after God, get all stirred up. Okay. So, yeah, we were just flourishing and growing and thriving. Our relationship was growing, and we were just set in God, planted in his things, doing what he told us to do, and we just kept growing. Grow, baby, grow. Just kept growing. And then in 2014, so that was 2012, we got married. I knew that. 2014, or maybe the end of 13, we had a stirring in our hearts uh, for change. So Russellville, first part of my life, that was 12 years. Branson, that was eight years. At the end of that, towards the end of that eight years, it had such a stirring in my heart that there was something, something, I don't know if new is the right word, or I think greater is probably the right word. Or next, the next thing was coming. So we just spent time praying, and uh, we were actually looking at one part of the country and a certain ministry, and uh, I really thought, this is it. Yeah, that's where we're going to go. So we just kept praying over it, praying over it, praying over it. And I thought, man, the only weird thing about that is it really has, that place has nothing to do with what God's done in me so far. It's like, it's not really in the same vein, not really the same direction. It kind of, although it's good and it's church, it's not really, I don't think it's it. So we just kept praying. And then we were in Texas visiting her parents. And while I was there, let me tell you guys, I did not like Texas. Woo, we were there in, I don't know if it was June or July, it was like a billion degrees. <laughs> you just sweat all the time. You're stinky. No, you're not always stinky. I did not like Texas. And I, I'd actually like thought in my heart, like, I will never move there. I will never move to Texas. And, uh, but we're there visiting your family, and I was driving to a friend's house to do a really early morning workout. And we worked out, and I'm driving home. It's still super early. I'm just listening to worship music in the car. I have the windows down. That early, you can have the windows down. It was only like 98 degrees. <laughs> and I just heard so clear in my heart, this is home. And I was like, huh. No. But at the same time, although I didn't want to, that was the first time I ever was like, oh, this is, maybe I do like it. It kind of started like building in me. I do like it. Maybe I do like it. So worked out that day. And a day or so later, I came and worked out again, was driving home, same road, kind of the same area. And I heard, this is home. I was like, interesting. I was like, well, okay. So we're there for like a week with her family. Started heading back home to Branson probably a week later. And I just turned to Courtney and I was like, is the Lord, is the Lord dealing with you about anything while you were here this week? She was like, yeah, we're supposed to move to Texas. He, he said, this is our home. And I was like, what? So we moved to Texas. Not, we didn't move right to Texas. <laughs> gotcha. We, <laughs> we started praying. That's what you do. Even when you hear from the Lord, you pray over it. You want to make sure it's right. You want to look in the word. You want to be led by the spirit. Don't just make quick movements even right after you know what he said sometimes. So we prayed and prayed and prayed for months. We didn't tell a soul. We didn't tell my family. We didn't tell her family. I don't know how many months went by that we prayed, like three-ish months. And you know, when something like that's happening, you get, you're, you're getting excited because you're thinking, I'm moving to a new place, da-da-da-da-da. Is this Lord, the Lord? Is this not? He's planted us here, da da And I didn't want to be quick to leave what I knew he had us in. So we just stayed and stayed and prayed and prayed and stayed and prayed and listened to the word and got stirred up. And we knew, we were so confident like this was God after months and months 
of praying. And how cool is this? Jeremy and Sarah, they were in Texas. We were in Branson, Missouri. They came up to visit one time and we went and got coffee one day. And we're just sitting there at coffee. We haven't told a soul. Nobody knows what's going on in our hearts. And they're just kind of looking at us at the table. And I'm like, <laughs> looking at us like, are y'all moving to Texas? Like out of nowhere. And I was like, ah! that scared me. That was crazy. And I was like, we, me and Courtney kind of looked at each other. We're like, yeah, we, th- we think so. You know, not even saying like the Lord told us for sure. Da, da, like we're praying about it. And we, we, we believe it's right. We're just we're giving it some time to make sure it's right. So cool. Well, through the months and, and the times to come, we, we just, we knew. So we made preparations and it was really cool. We were on a ministry trip with Jeremy and Sarah. They'd asked us to go to like, I can't remember where it was. And um, they just got it in their hearts to ask us to come on with them. And I wasn't even thinking that. I wasn't thinking like, I'm gonna move to Texas and help Jeremy and Sarah. I was thinking that I was gonna move to Texas (laughs) and renovate furniture. (laughs) Never done it to this day. Would have been a horrible job for me. (laughs) Yeah, what was I thinking? But the Lord had other plans. And as soon as they asked us, man, I was just, I remember when I started crying, I was like, God is so faithful, he's so good. It's like a dream playing it deep in the heart, just finally starting to take. And that was in 2014. So how long ago was that? Nine years. Yeah, nine years ago, almost 10 years. We started with Jeremy and Sarah and um, the Lord planted us with them. And I think here's the cool thing, just looking through, you know, I can only speak from my life experience, but just the character of God and, and how he is. You know, he loves to plant. And then what happens after you're planted? You grow. You don't just, I plant, huh, two weeks later, boop, plant. Six months later, plant. I mean, how many times have you seen it in your life? You know, someone say, God told me to do this. God told me to be here. God planted us here. A month later, it's like, where'd you go? If you're not planted, if you don't stay planted, you'll never grow. If you don't stay planted, you'll never grow. So what do you do with the seed? You'll plant it. What will that seed become? It'll become a great tree. But there's steps in between that. At your houses here, I mean, I know at my house, I've got, we've got a ton of trees and some trees are really old. You got a lot of young ones and a lot of in-between ones. And uh, there's, there's different places people are at. But you got to grow. Thank you, Lord. You know what? Planning is on purpose, too. Planning isn't, when you plant something, it's not just like happenstance. Although we know the Lord's so merciful and he, and he just has this great way of, of working out and you find yourselves in places, you're like, how did I get here? And so don't disregard that. But planting is on purpose. The environment that he plants you in, the church that he plants you in, the people that he plants you with, the ground that he plants you in, the soil that he plants you in is on purpose. And you were made for that environment. I mean, how, those of you that know about plants know that certain plants thrive in certain environments. How strange would it be for one of our beautiful pine trees just to be in the middle of the swampy jungle or some, something like that. It would be like, that, that, that plant probably doesn't thrive here. That plant needs to be here. Courtney showed me a picture. We have a monstera in our house. It's a beautiful plant that I know nothing about, but she showed me a picture of, um, that Audrey sent her of another monstera, and it was, I mean, talk about thriving. I don't know how tall that thing was, like 40 feet tall, it seemed like. The one in our house is like eight feet tall. Well, it's not going to thrive as much in my house as the place where it's supposed to be. Thank you, Lord. You'll only grow if you stay planted. And if you don't stay planted long enough, you just won't take root. Using this illustration pattern 
of us being a seed growing into a tree and plants, we could look at things that plants need or what does a tree need to thrive? Well, who knows? Does anybody know? There's three, like three main things. Welcome to science class. Wait, is that science? I don't know. I think it's science. I believe in science. No, I don't. Weird. Okay. You got to have sunlight. You got to have water. And you got to have air. You got to receive something from above. You got to receive something from beneath from what you're planted in, and then you got to receive something from the atmosphere that you're in. What do we receive from above? Well, duh, Jesus, the light of God's word, shining bright on our lives. Oh, thank you, Lord. Without that, you're dead. Without that, you got no life. You got nothing. You got to have the sun. I mean it in two ways, like the sun and the sun. You got to have the sun. And you got to have water. Well, where do you receive the water from? It may fall from above, but you really take it up from where you're planted, right? Where you're rooted are, where you're rooted, where your roots are. Falls into the soil, falls into the ground of where the Lord's put you. That's why it's so important to be in church, baby. Oh, man, it's so important to be in church because it's planted you in a place He's put you in that soil. He's put you in that environment. As God just waters from above, falls into the ground of whatever the places he's planted you, and your roots go deep, then you can take it in. You can take in the word. What if you're not planted? What if you're not there? You can't get the water. And then you got to receive something from the air. Oh, you got to receive the breath of the Holy Spirit, the wind of God moving in your life. You know, the word says, where is it here? Let me say it this way. I wrote this down. It's just, this is the picture that was in my heart as I was thinking and studying these things, is that, a word has been received from above, comes from above, and then it's preached. It's the watering of the word. And then the Holy Spirit takes that, and he reminds us of the word that was preached. He reminds us and teaches. We see that in John. You don't have to turn there. John 14, 26 says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all things that I've said to you. You gotta have all three of those things. You gotta have it. Receiving, let, letting, the, letting the light of God's word come, the word of God being watered, preached, and then let the Holy Spirit do in your life with that word as you follow him, as you're led by him, as he speaks to you. Amen? Amen. Oh, thank you, Lord. What happens after that? When all three of those things are working in your life, what happens? You do grow. What happens while you grow in that way? You produce something. Think about a tree. Yes to all those. You produce oxygen. It is the essential of all living things. If you stay planted, If you grow, you will produce. It is automatic. If you do the others, it's automatic. Some people want to produce without the other. Some want to produce and not stay planted. Some people want to be planted, but they don't want to grow. And then they're frustrated that they're not producing. They're frustrated that they're not thriving. They're frustrated because they're not experiencing prosperity in their life. And we know that prosperity in our lives is not money. That is the smallest or one of the smallest things, prosperity. We've been learning about it since day one here. Spirit, soul, 
and body, prospering from the inside out. But you will produce if you stay planted. You will produce if you keep growing. You will produce life for others. And isn't that just so like God? That it's not about you just growing. It's not just about you being a great tree. It's not just about you being some beautiful oak tree. It's about producing so that others can also thrive. Others have that essential power of God that they can receive into their lives, that they can take in to their lives and grow and flourish and thrive. Amen. Does anybody want to be a great tree? Does anybody want to produce? Thank you, Lord. When you're growing, you know, you got to grow his way. And uh, me and Courtney were talking about this because she was just redoing all of our plants the other day. I don't even know what that means, redoing our plants. Repotting them. And she was telling me about one plant that she was repotting. What is it called? Potting. Repotting. And she's like, you know what? This one's root bound. I was like, tell me about that. And she says she pulled it out and those roots were just whoop, going in circles around the inside of that thing. Going in circles. It was still alive. Um, and it was still, I guess, kind of producing. But man, it was root bound. It actually needed to get bigger. It needed some, something more, but it was stuck. Can I encourage you today to not get root bound? and to not get stuck. Well, how do you do that? Well, it's a really a matter of what do you do when a plant's root bound? You would normally put it in a bigger pot, right? You would enlarge the pot. Well, not getting root bound is all about you enlarging your heart. Let's see, where is that verse? You gotta grow his way so your heart can expand to handle the growth that he's adding in your life. Can we read Psalms 119 in the New King James? Psalms 119, verse 30. To grow in God, you gotta grow his way. Let me just say this real quick. You can't be planted here trying to grow somewhere else. Does the rain in Florida help the trees in Colorado? There's similar, I guess, principles and, um, you know, in between the two, but what business does a tree that's been planted in my backyard have trying to receive water from somewhere else? It'll never grow. It'll never thrive. It'll never, never flourish. I want that water over there. I want that water from somewhere else. That's the forest I want to be in. But you know what? You were made for the environment God planted you in. And until you get that, you'll never thrive. You just see it so much. So many, I've wanted to do it. Oh man, a couple weeks ago when we shared that story about me and Courtney and kind of our walk, um, you know, moving here was an enlarging of our hearts. And man, if we would have stayed, we would have been going in circles. I've been there. Anybody been there where you've gone in circles? just not growing. Well, pay attention. Are you root bound? It's time to enlarge your heart. Anyways, going back to that story of me and Courtney moving here, we, we've always wanted the things of God, but we just had this opportunity. We had been five years into the ministry with Jeremy and Sarah. The Lord had planted us with them. It was right. We knew it was right. And uh, this is so important in growing in God, is growing His way following his leadings, 
in order to grow and thrive properly. So that whole time we're in Texas, we've been believing God for a house. It had been almost six years. And um, a couple months before we found out about the move to Colorado, we just had Titus, um, our little boy. We had just had Titus. And we had been living in an Airstream that we had renovated for like two and a half years. It was time to expand. You know, anybody ever lived in like an Airstream, an RV or something like that with kids? <laughs> it can be done. Um, but we knew that it was, it was time. And the Lord had honestly blessed us with this amazing house, this amazing opportunity to, to build a house fairly custom on beautiful acre in a really prospering part of Texas, not su like super close to the ministry. And wouldn't you know, the day that we go and sign on the house was the day, I think it was either, I can't remember if it was before or after. Anyways, we sign on the house, we go to a work meeting. And um, actually at that meeting, Jeremy and Sarah had showed us pictures of this property. Like we're going after God, we're going to Colorado to plant a church, to start a church, because the Lord said to do it. And I was like, I literally just signed on a house. And I was like, when is this happening? Like 10 years from now? You know? No, in three months. Thank you, Lord. Is the Lord so good? You know what? The Lord's always trying to set you up. He's always trying to get your heart in the right spot, space so he can expand it, grow it, so he can just grow you. Amen? <laughs> so anyways... I struggled with it for a little bit, longer than I should have. But as I told earlier, we did get it right. And uh, we knew, God, we gotta go after you. Yeah. Like I got no business being by myself in life. I got no business making my own way. I've got no business just following a good plan. I just knew him enough to knew he was saying this way, buddy, not that way. And um, thankfully, we, we chose his way. And um, yeah, we sold that house. We moved here. Where was I getting with that? Enlarging your heart. That's what we're talking about. Enlarging your heart. Yeah, thank you. It was, a, it was one of those times where if we were to stay, we would have got root bound. But the Lord was trying to, to enlarge put us in a new place, enlarge our hearts so we could grow even more. And we did it. Thankfully, we came here and went after, moved back into the Airstream, sold that house. We moved in the Airstream with a six-month-old, Titus Braveheart is our son's name, and just kept going after God. And we needed to grow even more after he planted us here. And I remember one conversation we had at the house one night, we were talking about just increasing really naturally um, and like just financial things, just what you think about, you know, and we're at the, in our kitchen, we're talking, we're talking and the whole time we're talking, I can just sense in my heart, like this isn't, this isn't what the Lord's talking about. You're, you're thinking wrong growth here, buddy. So I'm looking at Courtney and I just kind of stopped her and I was like, babe, everything you're saying, what we're talking about, this is, this is good, this is right, this is biblical, but it's not what he's saying. Like, what's the thing he's saying? And I don't know how long we've been here at that point, maybe a year, and he dealt with us that night. You know what you need to do? You need to grow in the anointing. If you'll just grow in the anointing, everything else will work itself out. And I've learned that Find out God's subject matter on things in life. Sometimes we go before the Lord and we're so concerned with an issue in life, something going on, and we think that's what God, God's thinking about. Man, I've learned so many times it's not. And there's a different fix. If you would just get your mind on his ways, your heart on his ways, on his path, what he's saying, how he's leading, his direction, the way he's walking, then everything else starts to pan out. And that's the path of life, right? He, he is the path of life. You know, the word says that he's the way, he's the truth, and he is the life. Let's read this scripture. 
Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 23. While we read this, keep in mind that he is the way, the truth, and the life. You want to grow, you got to do it his way. You want thriving life, you got to be in him. Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 23. I'm going to read the Amplified. It says, O Lord, I know that the path of life of man is not in himself. It's not within the limited ability of man, even one at his best, to choose and to direct his steps in life. Where is it? Where is the path? Where is the plan? Where is the way? It's in him. Let's read Psalm 37 together. Psalm 37, verse 23 in the Amplified says, The steps of a good and righteous man are directed and established by the Lord. When I see established, I'm thinking planted, put in a place. The steps are directed and established by the Lord, and he delights in his way. And the Lord blesses his path. When he falls, he won't be hurled down because the Lord is the one who holds his hand and sustains him. There's so many, there's so many good little nuggets in here. We just read about the path of life isn't within a man, even the best of the best, to know which way to go. It's the Lord that directs. It's the Lord that says. And you've got to get it settled in your heart. You've got to get it settled in your life. You've got to make sure you're rooted in this one thing. I want his will and I want it his way. I want to be on his path. I want to follow him in his way. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. The steps of a good and righteous man, they're directed, they're established by the Lord, and he delights in his way and blesses his path. When he falls, he won't be hurled down because the Lord is the one who holds his hand and sustains him. You know, in order for the Lord to hold your hand, where you gotta be? You gotta be with him. See, I had no business staying in Texas if the Lord's saying, hey, let's go to Colorado. Come on, this way. Come on, I'm gonna hold it. Wait, where are you? Oh, what are you? He's like, mm, here's the path. I wanna hold your hand. I wanna help you from falling. I wanna help you from stumbling. You know, like, oh, you trip? Oh, I got you. But you're somewhere else. This is exactly what we've been learning about for weeks and weeks and weeks about being the righteousness of God in Christ, right standing with him. And you'll hear people say this, you've seen it in the Bible or maybe in a show or something. God is with us. And I just want to be like, is he? And how do you know? We know that God is with us is one of his names. But one of the easiest ways to know that God is with you is if you're with him. So I would just challenge you today. If you're questioning, I don't know if God's with me. I don't know if he's with me. Is God with me? Well, it's really easy to know he's with you if you're like, yeah, I'm with him. I'm walking his way. I'm walking his path. And, I, and I've just been seeing this over the past couple weeks, listening to Pastor Jeremy and Pastor Sarah talking about the righteousness of God in Christ, right standing with God. And then I just kept thinking, man, right standing with God is simply as just standing right with him. And you've been made righteous. There's a path of righteousness. But if you're on a different path, even if you're a Christian, even if you believe in him, even if you know he's real, if you're on a different path, then you're not right with him, even if he's made you it. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you're asking yourself, I don't know the way. Is God with me? I don't know what steps to take. I don't feel like I'm hearing his voice. I would just challenge you to ask yourself, do a true, genuine evaluation of yourselves, as the book of Romans says, and ask yourself, am I with him? And the easiest way to get right back with him is go to the thing that you know he told you to do. Sometimes we like to expound on his leadings. And like, oh, he said that. He must have also meant this. You know, but me and Courtney, we're still living on a word that we got from God nine years ago. You heard that story about us moving to Texas to help Jeremy and Sarah. Move to Texas. Go help Jeremy and Sarah. And then five years in, here's this option, Colorado, not Colorado. And man, I'm looking for, honestly, I think I was looking for an out. I think I was looking for, I just want to do my own thing, Lord. I just want to like, I don't know, maybe start a business or something. Like, I know you'd be with me because you're merciful, you know. And I think that's true, you know. (laughs) He is so merciful, and I think he will be with you to an extent and help you. But if you're not on the same path, you're just not with him. Simple as that. (laughs) So we had that opportunity. Five years in, which way do we go? And you know what? As soon as we made the decision to stay with him, to stay close, to get right there with him where he was, you know what happens when you're right next to somebody? I mean, think about what we're called to do. We're we're called to follow the Lord, walk in his steps. Listen to his voice. That's the life of a believer. It's really simple. Follow him. Walk in his steps. Listen to his voice. When is that easiest? When is it easy to walk, to hear, to follow? Man, it's real easy, right, when you're right there with him. I'm thinking about my little boys, you know. I just kind of feel like, I, like I'm a mother pigeon. And they're two little pigeons or chickens. I don't know what they are, toads, something. And it's like, they're just always with me. I'm like, off, get off my leg. You know, they're crawling on me. We're trying to pray at night. They're doing like backflips off me. And I'm like, Lord, I just want to pray. I just want to pray to you. And, and they're like, Dad, I saw a bug, you know. And what's funny is they're always with me, always following me around, always listening, not always obeying. (laughs) We're working on that. Children, we're growing. That's what we're talking about today. (laughs) But man, it's so easy when you're close. It's so much easier when you're right there. I just challenge you today, if you're confused, if you don't know, if you don't feel like you can hear his voice, if you don't feel close to him, if you don't know what step to take, just ask yourself, Lord, am I, am I walking with you? Am I doing what you said to do? And if not, I want to. And you know, in, in my life, I've experienced that so many times. Definitely have not always chosen the right path. But just like Texas or any other, or wanting to stay in Texas or any other you know, event in my life, you start on the straight path with him. And then here's an option. Oh, this looks nice. You know, no matter where you're at, that rushing wind of the Spirit of God just whoosh, right through the woods of life whoosh, comes finds you where you're at. Hey, this way. This is the way. And it's so cool because it doesn't have to be some long journey. Oh, I've been away for so long. I'll just... I don't really want to go back. No, it's like, boom, here we are. Okay, cool. You can get right back like that. It's so simple. It's so easy to get right back with them. So just ask yourself, you're on your own path or are you on his path? Are you standing right there with him? When you're close to him, you can see him. When you're close to him, 
can hear him. When you're close to him, you know the step because it's right there, what he just did. Doop, doop. That's the word. The word's a lamp to our feet. It's a light to our path. If you're not with the lamp, you can't see. Thank you, Lord. The cool thing about growing is you can thrive while you grow. You don't have to get to the end of the life and the end of life to thrive. I mean, you see it in trees, plants, you start producing right away. You know what I mean? As soon as you sprout, you just start producing. But there's no thriving in life with him if you're gonna do life without him. There's no thriving in life with him if you're gonna do life without him. Once again, he is the way, he is the truth. And he is the life. Stay with him. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Whatever path you're on, you got to acknowledge him. Lord, is this it? Am I following? And if you're close, this is it. Or if you're getting a little further away, that's not it. This way, acknowledge him while you're walking. Keep your eyes on him. Keep your heart on him. Thank you, Lord. And you will thrive. You will definitely thrive. There's no question about it. You will thrive. Thriving is automatic if you stay planted in the environment. If you continue growing, taking the nutrients of God's word in the soil he's planted you in. Thank you, Lord, and you will thrive. You'll produce. You'll be productive. Do you feel like you're not being productive in life? Evaluate yourself. I got to do this all the time. You got to evaluate yourself. I don't feel productive. Well, fruit's automatic. If you're planted, if you're growing, you'll be producing. It's automatic. Let's go to Psalms 92, verse 12. We're going to read the Amplified together. Thank you, Lord. Psalm 92, verse 12 in the Amplified says, The righteous... Ah, the righteous the ones that are in right standing with God, the ones that are standing right there with him, they'll flourish like the date palm, long-lived, upright, and useful. Long-lived, upright, and useful. What is useful? Productive. Can we say this together? Say, I will live long. I will, stand strong, I will stand strong and I will be useful. Will be useful. That's you Amen. right now, today. If stay planted, keep growing. They'll flourish like the date palm, long-lived, upright, and useful. They will grow like a cedar in Lebanon, majestic, and stable. Majestic and... St Are you thinking about yourself? Wow. Not in yourself, in Him. But what He's making you. Majestic and stable. Verse 13 says, Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. I don't want to read too much into this. But I always, I've always read that my whole life. And I was like, why does it say house and courts? And not reading into it, but I'll just say this, what I was thinking in my heart. We've all been planted into the house of the Lord when we've received salvation. But where are you going to flourish? You're planted, but where are you going to flourish? In the courts? What's the courts? What happens in the courts? Where people gather. It's where you get together. I'm thinking about church. Thank you, Lord. 
Planted in the house of the Lord, they'll flourish in the courts of our God. Verse 14 says, growing in grace. You've been planted, you will flourish, in between you grow. You gotta grow in his grace. They will still thrive and bear fruit and prosper in old age. They will flourish. I'm thinking thriving, they'll be vital, they'll be fresh. Rich in trust, thinking about faithfulness. Rich in love and contentment. Just stable, peaceful, rich in trust, a faithful person that'll stay there, stay planted in his things until he says to go or until he says to grow. And hey, it's time to enlarge your heart. You know, looking back to the story of my life, this is the third church I've ever been a part of. The one in Arkansas, five years old till 17. And you know what's so cool is looking back it's all connected. None of those places are separated from who I am now. There's still a sense of being rooted in that. Even as you maybe get planted in a different place. I would just look for that. You know, the same vein, the same forest, same type of environment. In, in Arkansas, 12 years. Ben and Branson, eight years and now planted with Jeremy and Sarah for nine years. This church is a few years old, but it's part of that nine years. Growing in grace, they'll still thrive and bear fruit and prosper in old age. They will flourish. They will be vital. They will be fresh, rich in trust. They'll be faithful people in love and contentment. They are living memorials to declare that the Lord is upright and faithful to his promises. We're going to live long. We're going to stand strong and we're going to be useful. And your life, as you stay planted and as you grow, your life is going to speak of God. Your life is going to speak of his goodness. Your life's going to speak of his faithfulness. Well, what if you never stay planted? You know, on a tree, side note, you've got, I think they're called growth rings. And kind of looking back over the times and periods of my life, I kept thinking that term, growth rings, growth rings. So I looked it up and I found a picture of a tree. Um, I think it may have been, Tyler would know, the area where all those big trees are. What is that called? Sequoia something? Sequoia National Forest? I don't know what it's called. Man, those trees are massive. You see people like driving cars through them and stuff, you know, at the bottom. And there was a picture of one of those trees' growth rings. And, you know, in, on the growth ring was like Columbus came to, this is when Columbus came. And then this is when the Civil War happened. And then this is when this happened. And da, 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 Man, trees been through it. You know what I'm saying? But they're still standing. They've seen it all, but they're still upright. Your life is going to be like a great oak planted, growing, thriving, flourishing, producing, standing strong because we're planted in Him, planted in His things rooted and grounded in his things, your life will be a memorial, a testament to God and his faithfulness. What is a memorial? I mean, a memorial speaks of a person a lot of times, an event. Man, our lives are to speak of Jesus. Our lives are to speak of what he's done for us. Your life will speak louder and be a greater memorial if you stay planted, you keep growing, and while you grow, thrive, thrive, thrive. Amen. Amen. Can we stand together? Colin, would you come up? Thank you, Lord. Isn't the Lord good to us? Man, hasn't he given us a great place to be planted? Hey, and if this isn't your church, that's all right. 
Not everyone's supposed to go to church here. But if your heart's stirred, if you're sensing some growth, stay planted. Stay planted if you want to keep growing. I can just imagine pulling a tree out of the ground after it's taken root. Like, why'd you do that? You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, why'd you got to pull all that up? You're good, Colin. You can play, brother. Thank you, Lord. Can we all lift our hands? Thank you so much for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you need someone to pray with you, there are several ways for you to contact us. Feel free to give us a call at 817-577-0180. You can also contact us through the Legacy Studios app or either of our websites. Giving options are available online at pearsonsministries.com and legacychurch.family. If you prefer, you can also text an offering. Simply text LEGACY in any dollar amount to the number 28950 and follow the prompts. Be blessed today. We love you. And remember, you are always welcome here in the house of faith.